Hey everyone, it's Elsie from Chicha with E. Thank you for tuning in. In this episode, I am going to talk about a scene from the game that was hilarious. Doctor's office waiting room drama. Dark humor. Is it really that funny? Agent Elvis on Netflix. And a documentary about Jussie Smollett's skit. Medusa the Dragon Lady. And a little bit about love. And a little bit about love. <laughs> Please stay tuned. Let's chit chat. So I've been binge watching the show The Game. And it's a reboot of the old game. You know, the show that one of the twins, Tia Mori, was on. And it's actually not that bad. They all came back besides Tia. Tia didn't come back. But they all came back and they're all better looking, more successful, nicer clothes, bigger houses. It's nice to see that, you know, they have continued in the football and are more successful. And now Tasha Mack, who was the mother on the show, which is fly as hell. That woman is fly when she was younger and she's looking even better so yeah well Tasha Mark she has home jet so they film in her jet like you know the success is like all over the place and you know that's how football is anyway you know you become more successful the more you play the the, the more games you win and things like that anyway she's still the agent for the football players including her son at one point because I remember, remember Rick Fox was one of the characters in in the the first few years so he came back so it's like randomly some of the characters do come back but sh- the main characters are still there and uh, rick fox he came back and she was trying to do like a negotiate um a contract he was going to be part of it he was going to help her out of the situation she got herself in and then he pulls up in his his convertible and she looks on his passenger seat and she sees that he has the contract, but not the contract that she wanted him to have. He was supposed to sign her contract. And then she said, wow, you betrayed me. You're going to regret this, right? So she walks away. And, you know, she, she opens the door and walks away into the house. And then her assistant is like, what? <laughs> her assistant was like shaking her head like, yeah. Like, you're going you're gonna to pay for this, right? So then she goes to turn around to try to do the same thing. She follows Tasha's lead. And she bangs right into the you know it's real clear so she bangs right into the clear glass oh my god <laughs> when i tell you i couldn't stop laughing for like 20 minutes my daughter was like oh my god mom i was hysterical i kept rewinding it so funny so hysterical i'm telling you that was so hilarious i mean that scene that scene is I have to look for it and send it to all my friends and family so they can get a good laugh. I was cracking up. And that happened to me. <laughs> I used to go camping in the Catskills and my friend's house, her mother had that screen. And when you go, like, you don't really notice that the screen, you can see, you, you can see right through it sometimes. So, yeah, that made me laugh. But at least it wasn't glass. She went right into the glass. <laughs> she went right into the glass. I was cracking up. That was funny. New York Post put out an article written by Andrew Court and it's called I am an ex-banker, genderless dragon, and now my son won't talk to me. So I'm thinking genderless means they don't identify themselves with anything, like any any gender, female or male. They're just calling themselves genderless dragon. And when I tell you this is like a real big 
transformation. It's a body modification fantasy and it, they make it a reality. They were a former banker who covered their body in tattoos and piercings in a bid to become the world's first genderless dragon. And they're speaking out about the dramatic body transformation. It's extreme, guys. It's very extreme. Medusa says that he's estranged by his son since he was 16 years old because they decided to do this to themselves. I cannot even explain how it looks except that they look like a like a literally like a dragon or a lizard they have tattooed lizard scales on their face and their nose is just like a lizard truly and you know medusa who was born richard hernandez no relation to me they stated that they worked in a high-flying finance company before they decided no longer to partake in corporate conformity and they go by Dragon Lady Medusa online. They said that they used to hide their piercings, mind you, 79 piercings. The ones that couldn't be hidden, they would take it out every day. Imagine that, 79 piercings and they take out every day because of routine. It's really, really an extreme addiction. In the years, Medusa has tattooed their face, split their tongue, and even added $80,000 horn implants on their forehead as part of the transformation oh my god seriously they said that a lot of people see them right away and they think that they are a loser honestly i'm gonna be honest with you i i think it's weird as hell i think it's weird some weird shit but um i have to say i would not think that medusa the dragon lady is a loser I think Medusa the Dragon Lady has to have some freaking high confidence in themselves because this takes a lot of confidence to look very different. This is not just a little uh, tattoo in your arm or whatever. This is a whole extreme skin transformation. You know what I mean? Whole body transformation that you look totally different. And I have to say, if I was to see Medusa walking down the street in the night, I would be scared shit. <laughs> I would be scared shit. But I would definitely not think that they are a loser. That they have to make money because these piercings, you know, Medusa just said that $80,000 they spent for those horns. That money doesn't come from nowhere. So Medusa must be doing something to survive, you know, and, and to make money and things like that. And $80,000 is hard to come by. So they're making good money at that so yeah people shouldn't judge you know and call people names when they don't really know now i do think i have to say and this is just my opinion i might be wrong i do think that obsession any kind of obsession you know like when people smoke they have an obsession any kind of obsession i wish people you know just speak out talk about how you're feeling write a journal make sure that you get everything out there before you start doing things that are drastic like this um, transformation and not to judge because you know i'm just saying but we're all not perfect and we all have something with us you know we all have our vices but any obsessed behavior i honestly think that it's a mental issue that needs to be addressed and taken care of at an early time in life i'm gonna have the, again in the details if you need anyone to talk to you can also leave me a message i can you know respond back to you people don't get it like Sometimes people think like, oh, yeah, this and this and that. But they don't realize that we, we all have something going on. 
And we all have to pay attention sometimes. If not, we get caught up, you know, and we don't have to understand um, each other. We just have to respect one another. I mean, obviously, they have a connection with, like, lizards and dragons and things like that. And it's, it, I know it sounds like a weird thing, but it's, like, a type of obs obsession that there's a community out there that wants to do these things. Like, splitting your tongue in half, making it really look like a lizard's tongue. That's really something extreme. It's not that it's not normal, but it's just not the regular. Uh, they're not like the basic person you're going to see every day. That's okay. If they're okay with living their lives and they're healthy, that's okay. At this point, Medusa is definitely a human lizard. And you really can't come back from that. How, uh, how are you going to burn all those tattoos? How are you going to... You cannot. You have to be yourself and try to work out a way that maybe maybe there's a way where you could where they can connect with their child i don't know it's, there's more to the story i would love to see them together i would love to see the connection i just you know i feel for that i, don't, I you know when people are hurting i hurt so just wanted to say that i'm so over this i'm starting to think that it's not the doctor's fault i think i spoke about this i ranted about this in one of my episodes about the waiting room area when you're going in and the room is filled of people waiting to see the doctor. I think it's really the office's manager's fault because they're supposed to give you the intro of at least 15 minutes. And if you call, give you a little more, you know, because you call, you say you're coming in. However, this is not what happened in this situation. Um, if you have good management, things should run smoothly. Well, on this day, I went to go to a pain management because I'm having a pain in my leg. And I called and I said, listen, there's no parking here. So can I reschedule? They're like, no, 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 keep coming in, don't worry, we got you, we got you. So my appointment was at 9.30. You know, I called them at 8.30 to tell them that there wasn't parking and maybe I should reschedule. They said, no, just drive around, you'll find something. I called again and I said, you know, there's no parking still. And she said, well, why don't you park back here? She tells me in the area and I found a parking which barely was a parking, but I found one. So then when I go in, I said, okay, great. So I, ho I was, you know, I asked her, please don't, don't hold my spot because I'm going to be there. Right? So I get in about 9.50. All right? My appointment was at 9.30. So there was like, I said, okay, great. How many people ahead of me? She said, five people. I said, five people? Mind you, they open at nine. I was like, what? Five people? I said, how could there be five people ahead of me? She goes, well, you were late. I said, I called for you to hold my spot that I was parking. That was one. And two, it shouldn't be five people ahead of me. It should be at least two people ahead of me. You know, it's 930. How many, um, how many appointments do you do per freaking minute, whatever? She goes, oh, we do one. We do every appointment every 15 minutes. So 15 minutes, okay, so it's, it's 950. So every 15 minutes is what? I mean, it should, be, it should be at least two, the most three people ahead of me, right? No, it was freaking five people ahead of me. So I was like, this is bullshit. I canceled the whole thing. I said, I'm not waiting here two or three hours for an appointment that I should have had at 9.30. So it's all bullshit. You know, if they, if they were to organize it the right way, make sure that their clients are going in, you know, at a certain time and, and talk to the doctor, say, doctor, you know, time's almost up. Yeah. Like, you know, keep it moving. I do that with my boss. Like when we have meetings and he's going over his meeting, I said, don't forget you have a 9.20. Like, you know, I, I tell him stuff like that. What is the big deal here? I'm really like, I was like, I canceled it. I'm not coming back to that office. I was pissed that that whole thing got me mad. So yeah, I'm thinking that it's the office. 
I mean, it could be the doctor being greedy that says, oh, make sure you, you book them every five minutes. But um, it can also be that uh, five uh, clients, you have five people on staff in that place. In the office, there was five women there. And I couldn't believe that there was like freaking five people ahead of me. It made no sense. So, yeah, that's crazy. I left. I wasn't going to wait three hours just to see one doctor to tell me whatever. And now I'm stuck. <laughs> I had to make an appointment to another doctor. I'm kind of pissed about that. But whatever. And I'm not going to give no bad reviews because I did tell them, don't charge my uh, insurance because I'm going to check. I don't know if I'm the only one, but every time I think about dark humor, I think about the Joker. I mean, to me, he's the one that had like a really dark humor and that's why he was the way he was and smiling and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's what I think about. I was watching the Chris Rock Netflix special that just came out, The Outrage. Yes, he did speak about Will and the smack and all that stuff. However, I was just stuck on the dark humor that he had in that special. You know, I understand he was being funny and everything, but then he was talking about how which I found strange. He goes, oh, we should be able to abort kids till they're like four years old. And he goes, yeah, we're taking you to the clinic. I know it's a joke, guys, but I was like, damn, what, why would... <laughs> that was like, he took it too far with that. I was like, uh, mm, I don't find it that funny. And I guess that's what dark humor is. That's what I'm trying to say. Dark humor is when you take things and you exaggerate on it, I guess. Um, and it's talking about life, like the real shit in life that has happened, like killing and all that stuff. So yeah, I understood that he was going with that. I just didn't get the whole part about why why he had to talk about a four-year-old, you know, taking them to the clinic. Uh, they, they, we should have brought them until a four-year-old. You know, abortion is a very serious thing. Then he was talking about, I pay for so many abortions. Like, it's like a joke. I guess it was a joke. <laughs> you know, I pay for so many abortions. And, like, it was like, I don't know. I didn't find that funny. I didn't find it funny that you pay for so many abortions and... I mean, I just looked at him like he was filthy of freaking sleeping around and shit. The fact that he, he was just playing, I don't know if he was playing or not playing. That's the whole point of being a comedian. He is pro-choice, he said. Because the only thing was that, you know, he took that a little too far. So they told him not to talk about abortion. He should have listened to them because he should have stopped at a certain point and he didn't. So that's probably why they told him, no, 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 no. Don't talk about abortion. And he should have kept to that rule. People did laugh at the joke. I guess, you know, they really uh, understood the comedy you were trying to come with. But it wasn't that funny to me. I was reading something on, it's called Tuco, the website. And, I, and it says here, the idea behind dark humor is to take the worst of humanity and make it funny. That is why a dark sense of humor is not for everyone. As such matters are often left undiscussed. True, true, true. And I have to say, I can take some dark humor. I just can't take all of the dark humor. You know, I'm like, sometimes people say jokes and I'm like, mm, that wasn't that funny. You know, like, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't think some of these things are funny. And maybe that's me, but I, let me tell you, and I have a great sense of humor. Like, I could crack up at everything, and I'm always laughing. However, when it comes down to certain things, I'm like, eh, that's not that funny. Yeah, so he has some dark humor in his show, as most comedians do sometimes. And I just didn't think that part was funny. And then I started thinking about dark humor and the people around me and how they, some of them have dark humor. And, you know, most of the time it's talking about, like, you know, somebody, like a, a, a psycho, like... 
I, I find that, like, sometimes when they talk about cycle, I know the whole cycle thing is really a bad thing. But sometimes the way they describe it, the way they, 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 they say this cycle was out of his mind. He was like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Hilarious. I find some of those things hilarious, how they describe the mental craziness about this whole shit. You know what I mean? Like, that sometimes I find hilarious. However, some things like dark humor is not for everybody. And sometimes people can mix it up and they can take some dark humor and find it funny. And they can't. So I guess I'm that person that has like a combination type of humor that I can take some dark humor and I can take, you know, that's it. Some, not all. So I just wanted to say that. So I wonder what kind of dark humor you guys can take. I, I don't know if I'm the only one, but I don't find everything funny. Like, and when you get like corny jokes, I, I'm, not <laughs> I'm not really a, a, a corny joke person. You know, I could... I would laugh a little bit. Maybe not. No, I'll be like, oh, that was funny. But I'm not going <laughs> to crack up. <laughs> I'm not going to crack up. You know, I'm my own joke. I'm always laughing at the things I say. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so funny. So I started watching an adult cartoon on Netflix and it's called Agent Elvis and you guys know I am a fan of Elvis if you didn't know now you know it's so much fun to watch the only thing is is it is an adult cartoon so you really it's not really for kids and there's a lot of drugs there's a lot of killing there's a lot of um cursing you know it's it's something like that and and I'm so surprised with myself because I don't watch anything like that i really am not into um those kind of cartoons however this one is so elvis is like a, an agent and when he when he fights it's so funny because he puts his legs up in the air he wiggles his hips it's hilarious his music comes on um priscilla presley um plays herself in the show then you have matthew mccullerly who's um the he's the voice of elvis so much fun and i found this on Collider, he's the king of rock. You know, he rolls in man, he rolls in as himself, and he is so much fun. And he's so cute too. They have him really good looking on, on the cartoon as well. And he is an agent. It takes place in the time when Richard Nixon was the president. So it's like the early 1960s to the late 1970s. It's like a fresh new take on the life of the legendary singer Elvis Presley. He is amazingly fun to watch. He's an international superstar. He's still a superstar on the show and he's taking the world by storm, but he's still out in the limelight, which is crazy. He still has his fans and things like that. But in the hidden world of the Cold World espionage, Elvis is an ass-kicking vigilante by night. And he was recruited by the members of the U.S. government's secret crime fighting program. So, yeah, you know, after the movie and everything, they decided to come out with this. You know, he, he just recently they did a remake of his life and it was really good. It was Oscar nominated. Priscilla is part of this cartoon creation and it's really a fun thing to watch. It really is. I can see why. Now, they're saying this came, this was inspired because one time Elvis decided to go well, Elvis was invited to go meet Richard Nixon and he took a red eye and on the red eye, he wrote some notes and I'm going to say what he said. He's in his notes. He says, um, sir, I can and will be of any service that I can to help the country out. I have done an in-depth study of drug abuse and communist brainwashing techniques. And I am right in the middle of the whole thing where I can and will do the most good. That meeting supposedly led to Elvis becoming an honorary government agent, 
though we're pretty sure it was more of a title than an actual job, but that's a true story. And they took the notes and they're holding it. You know how they do. They take it to the museum. It's an artifact. It's good that they were inspired by that. That's so like interesting to know. You know, he was in the army before, so he pretty much was probably wasn't lying about being trained in, you know, certain areas in government fighting skills. So I'm just saying, I am very interested in the show. So much fun to watch. I've watched already. I'm into like five episodes. It's hilarious. And let me tell you about the cast. So Matthew McConaughey voices Elvis. He's doing an amazing job because his voice, it just goes together. I don't know. I, I, I believe it. You know what I'm saying? It's so, it's so much fun to listen to. And then you have... Um, Caitlin Olsen and she's CC Ryder, who's actually another agent. She's highly skilled and she's like a close confidant of Elvis. So she gets involved in the fights and all that stuff and saving his life. And then you have a Johnny Knoxville and you know, we love Johnny as Bobby Ray. And he's like the sidekick as well, but he's his best friend really. And he's incredibly loyal and he really helps him out in a lot of situations. You know how you always have that friend. And then you have Tom Kenny as Scatter. I didn't know Scatter had a voice, but I guess he's doing the chimpanzee sidekick. He's a chimpanzee sidekick. So I guess he's doing the voices of the chimpanzee. The chimpanzee actually formerly worked at NASA. So he pretty much has a lot of skills himself. And I think he's a wild one. He's always smoking cigars. You know, he's trigger happy and... He's always doing stuff. He's like a wild chimpanzee and it's hilarious. And then you have Dane Shadow as commander and he's part of the TCB who's in charge of keeping track of the organization's rather suspicious agents. He's fun to listen to because he's hilarious. He's always saying, well, you know, I don't know what I did when I, you know, <laughs> like he'll say something like, oh yeah, I remember killing those people because they didn't bring me my food. You know, like something like that. <laughs> it's crazy. And I mean, it's, it's it's dark humor, guys. This is definitely dark humor. If you're not into that, this is not the show for you. Because I'm not into these kind of shows. I don't like shows that there's killing and, and cursing and all that. However, this show is, I guess, because I love Elvis. That's one. I love the music. And I it's entertaining to watch. It really is. And then, of course, you have Niecy Nash, who plays Birdie. She's an important mother figure as Elvis. And one of the few people who can keep him in check. You know? So... Yeah, it's fun to watch. And Priscilla Presley, of course, plays herself. She's his wife and she's waiting at home for him all the time. And, you know, she has the baby. Then you have Jason Manzokas, who's the weird scientist. You always have to have a weird scientist involved. Then you have a lot of other guests um, coming on, which I think is going to be so much fun. So I just wanted to say that I love Elvis. I love the show. And um, I enjoy watching this. And especially when you listen to the music while he's fighting. Hilarious. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. Oh my goodness. They made a documentary revealing all the true things that came up with the Jesse Smollett case. The guys that were part of it, they're like kind of funny in a way. They acted it out and everything. And it's like a little bit funny. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's a little bit funny. However, it's sad. It's sad that that whole thing was... And, you know, he's still claiming that he was innocent. So it's weird. Like, they have all the evidence against you. And you're still claiming that you're innocent. He staged a hate crime, which is sad. And the brothers who were part of the skit are Ambibola and Ola Binjo Asundario. It happened in January 29, 2019. And people are still talking about it because of this documentary now. So it's like, oh my God. You know, so it's crazy so weird even in the in the like it was 
a lot of people in the documentary are like, I remember when he said, I'm the gay Tupac. And, you know, like he fought back and all that stuff. And then the guy, you know, I don't want to, like, you guys can watch it, but, you know, on here, you're not going to get, it's like spoiler alert, because I'm going to talk about it. He had a black guy. The guy said he didn't want to hit him. So he gave him a noogie, like with his knuckle to make a mark in his face. Isn't, that's like freaking clown shit. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a whole documentary that has like all the true evidence against Jesse. And I think he should just come forward and say, I, I had a mental breakdown. Like, you know, I, I wanted, and it was all about the show. I think he didn't get a, an increase in the show and he was upset about it. So he decided to do all of this to see, I guess, to see maybe, you know, but this was, the, I can understand why they put him in jail. You know, it could have really went sideways for Chicago. They were like, it was so cold. Who's going to go out? Even the robbers don't come out. They were saying when it's really cold like that. Like, you know, nobody's going to go out to get a sandwich when it was like really below, 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 below. It was really, really cold and they joked about it because it was like it was so cold you know what I mean like no one's gonna come out you know even the criminals take a break one of the guys was was saying and it sounded funny but it really was not funny that he would you know create something like this and cause this problem not only for himself but you know this is something you put out you have to be careful like if you're gonna be if you have a platform you need to know how to use it wisely and this was really sad I wish they can get down to the bottom of it and he can like open up about it and say why he did it that would be interesting to know because and you know he did his time i mean he did some time anyway the documentary if we thought he was a clown back then the documentary has proven that he's a clown like a big clown and i'm i'm, I'm in my heart i wish it wasn't true you know what i mean but because he's a, he's a talented man okay you didn't get the empire increase keep it moving there was a lot of other stuff. His family's talented as well. There was a lot of other stuff that would have been um, put in front of him had he not did this. I'm really like saddened by it, but at the same time, like, oh my God, like what the hell? And I know I spoke about this before in the past, but now this documentary just made it even worse. Like it keeps coming back. Like when you think, just when you think the case is done, it comes back. Of course it comes back because the guys, the guys that, that, that were part of his scheme were actors. They were hired by him. And of course, they want the limelight. It, it's only fair that they get the spotlight and they get to tell their truths. And on top of that, you know, they're looking for jobs. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to be interesting to see. I hope I see those guys, you know, this whole thing could have ruined their career. So I think that's why they had to do this documentary. This is what happens. Greed, desperation. You start doing stupid shit. Now, in this, it would impact a lot of people. It would have caused a riot. That's one. Put people against each other. Um, that's two. And then you have the actors that were involved that are trying to pursue a career, ruining their start by doing this. Okay. That's three. And then on top of that, let's think about this. On top of that, you made it really bad for yourself. So to me, it just boils down to desperation and greediness and just wanting to be that superstar too quick. Like, you know, he was already in the show. He would have moved on to separate, you know, to different things, different levels in his career. And he just ruined it. It's so sad. So sad. I stepped outside for a minute, so you might hear a little bit of wind action or... 
a car honking or something like that. But I just wanted to say this. I stumbled upon a post posted by Chris Perry. And this is what he says. And guys, this is his quote. Guys, he does say, yeah. So that's him talking. That wasn't me. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that. But let me, let me tell you what he says. Stop saying women don't cook like grandma. Because some of y'all men don't pay bills like granddad either. Y'all expect women to do so much and have all these responsibilities. But you can't even provide as a man. Let alone mount a TV, cut grass, fix a leaking sink, change a tire, or nothing. Home-cooked meals are for grown men who pay the bills, handle business in the home, and pour into their women, period. A woman can only do so much. She's tired, and you haven't earned that special treatment. And this kind of, like hit home for a lot of women out there because yes they do complain sometimes they're just not listening they complain about certain things and you know a man is always complaining to oh women's this or women's that i'm sure this goes both ways however it really applies a lot to the women because no matter what we all know the majority of the women do come through when it comes to family business that's just a fact this was really an important message that he put out there because I thought that was really passionate for a young man to put that out into the world. Now, not to take away from the men that are doing great at home and are being great fathers and are being the great providers out there and are combining with the wife because now everyone has to work because it's so expensive. So, you know, it's not to take away from them because there are great men out there. Because I'm single, you know, I say that I want my next guy to be a guy that loves to barbecue because i noticed that a guy that loves to barbecue has been a family oriented man he takes pride in his barbecue you know he's that type of guy that's part of the conversation loves to entertain i love that stuff loves you know just loves being around people and things like that and i find that to be a great man i don't know for some reason i don't know if it's just me but i feel like barbecuing is like a man thing even though there are women out there that can do it don't get me wrong you know there are women out there that can and are great at it you know i feel like barbecuing is a man thing and men take pride in barbecuing and i just feel like that i want a guy that knows how to barbecue i just want to say that <laughs> so get you a man that knows how to barbecue i just wanted to say that i find it to be silly that i'm always saying that but i really do mean it <laughs> My friends are like, you're so crazy. That's the, that's the, that's the list. I said, yep, that's part of my list. <laughs> oh my goodness. I didn't know that Cher's new boo was Amber Rose's ex-boyfriend. And I'm not sure if Cher took him away from Amber. I don't know what the deal is. But all I know is that, wow, he went from young beautiful woman to older beautiful woman good for you Cher you, you got it going on girl I'm not sure she took away if you did that Cher that's not nice but if you know if it happened naturally I think that's awesome now I don't know what his intentions are I hope it's real love because Cher's really happy but um good for him too you know, he got good two great women in his life that he that he um and now he has, you know, Cher. Cher's awesome. 
I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. I just didn't know that she was that he was Amber Rose's ex boyfriend. That's so that's crazy how it goes around the world and you. That's I I find that to be like wow. That's crazy. Don't underestimate a woman any age. Bethany Frankel, um, she does interviews a lot of times on her on her podcast, and she had Mario Lopez, and he is amazing. Like I can connect with him. You know, he's of course, um, uh, you watch him on Entertainment Tonight, and he has a few other things going on. And he is really he has a beautiful family. He's very fun, and he was talking about how he can connect with people. Um, how he loves people and he needed to do something in his life that has to do with that. So hosting really came natural to him. And he's great at maintaining relationships. He, you know, it comes from his family. His family is very connected. And I just wanted to say that, you know, kudos to him. He's a really great guy. You can hear it in his voice. He's a hard worker. And he believes in um, um, people, loving people. And I can connect with that because I'm that type of person. So I really love the interview. You guys can catch it on Bethany Frankel. She had him on there and uh, her podcast. And I'll have it in the details. But um, I just really enjoyed that interview. And I just wanted to mention that. Now, this is some weird shit. There are some students in West Bengal's Durgapur, which is in India, that have found a new way to get high. They're getting addicted to condoms, but not to use them as contraceptives. The kids soak their flavored condoms in hot water and drink the liquid. This gets them high for 10 to 12 hours. What? <laughs> Why? Why are we doing this? Jesus Christ, I am not understanding this. And now the freaking condoms are going to go up in price because this is crazy. It's flavored condoms, so it has to be flavored. It's increasing in demand. Like I said, probably the price went up. So the long-term soaking of condoms in hot water causes intoxication due to the breakdown of large organic molecules and alcoholic compounds. Condoms are the latest to join the number of products that have been tried to get intoxicated, such as cough syrup, aftershave, sniffing glue, paint, and nail polish. Oh my God, this is crazy. And I got this from theinsider.com and it's crazy. Just to leave on a good note, because I love these kind of stories. I got this from Pet Lovers. It's called Man Devotes His Life to Adopting Old Dogs Who Can't Find Forever Homes. This is a sweet story about an accountant named Steve Craig that lives in Colorado. And he has 10 dogs. Most of them are seniors. He also has two cats, a pig named Bikini, two ducks, two pigeons, two chickens, and, some, and, uh, and a rabbit. Without doubt, he adores animals. I mean, he's devoted to them. And he has... Uh, a few of these seniors living in his home as well. And because, you know, it's hard. Seniors are hard to adopt. I don't know. Once you have your dog after a year, it's, I mean, come on. Like, you know, like, if you're going to give it away, I mean, that's that's a bad thing that you're doing. And if you're moving to an apartment and you're like, oh, they don't accept dogs, then don't move to that apartment. Like, don't adopt a dog, period. Like, people are so annoying. They adopt animals and then they can't even take care of them and then they want to give them away. 
Like, what the hell? You're not going to find... It's not every day you find good people that want to accept animals. You know, it's just not... It's not really... That's why there's a shelter with so many animals in them. It's crazy. And, and it gets me so frustrated to see that. He loved... You know, his parents were pet-loving parents. And they agreed to, you know, demands as long as he took care of them. And he... They let, allow him to have pets. So when he moved in his own house... He um, had three or four dogs already, and then one of them died, so he wanted to help animals. And so it, it just grew. His heart just grew more fond of, of, of the animals that, you know, that weren't able to be adopted. And um, he said he was unhappy and decided to just, you know, he decided to use his the love he has a lot of love to give so he gave you know he started adopting dogs and he started adopting the seniors and i'm sure he's giving these seniors a good life um he's giving them a good life you know they you know my stepson told me this and i have to say i'm so proud of him he he said you know i know the dogs don't last a long time he said but while while they're on this earth his dog says he has three dogs while they're on this earth i will make sure that they have the best life that I can possibly give them and I, that stuck with me and I was like wow that's amazing that's a beautiful thing and you know I, I feel the same way about my love even though today love I'm not gonna lie love was very difficult today she decided to take uh she likes balls and um I always bring her to the park with a ball but I give her the tennis balls because she's always losing the good balls or if not they fight over the, the dogs fight over the like the, the good balls the rubber balls and all that stuff uh, her squeaky ball, I mean, lost her the squeak because her friend Leo, he, he actually damaged the, the ball, which is okay because she landed up holding Leo's ball. She didn't want to give Leo back his ball. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then today she did the same thing with the dog. Uh, there's a new dog that she met, beautiful dog. And she didn't want to give, she didn't want to give Brandy her ball back. So we had a little pull and, you know, we had a little tug of war and... There she goes barking. And we were having a little tug of war. And then she started growling. And I'm like, what am I going to do now? So now I have to retrain her to make sure she drops it. I think that's what she needs to learn. Drop it and come. Because she was not listening today. And it was not a good scene. I was kind of sad about it. And we had a little fight. And then, you know, it was it was it was not a good day today. Even though she had a great time at the park, I have to say. But yeah. So I so this is Corey's I I I know I brought it back to I brought it to myself, <laughs> the story. But Corey's so cute. They have pictures. He has ten dogs and, and he, you know, they all require special diets and everything and he loves them all. They all love him. That's a good person. Look in the comments. Let me read one of the comments. Somebody says, What a wonderful guy you are. If I had a house and not a flat, I would love to have lots of dogs. Gosh, I would love to visit your home. Who the hell is this? And then somebody put this was nice. Not all heroes wear capes. Oh, you know what? He's a good guy. That's nice. I I think that was um and then he has a like a huge dog. Like one of these dogs that he <laughs> They have like the, he has like he has them in size order. He has a chihuahua, then he has one medium size, small size, and then all the way up. It's so funny. Then you see the pig on the background. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that. So yes, I'm going to give a shout out to Steve Steve Craig.
a, an accountant who lives in Colorado with 10 dogs. And you know what? He's kind of handsome. Now that I'm looking at his pictures, he has all these pictures with the dogs. He looks amazing. And good for him. That's sweet. What a sweetheart. Just want to say that. Well, guys, this is the conclusion of this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for stopping by. If you're interested in participating, please DM me on my Instagram, chitchat with E, so we can discuss. Also, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe so I can continue with these wonderful episodes. Also, I would like to say, don't forget to spread love, be kind. Ciao. Till next time.